This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Title of my message today, and we're going to get into that just as soon as we have our Bible time together. The title of my message today is entitled, When We Pray. Do you know that if Jesus hadn't prayed, it may have hindered him going to the cross? Because we see in the scriptures that it says he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. But when we study that passage of scripture, we find out the guys, his disciples, they had just had a big lamb dinner. And they couldn't pray because they fell asleep. So that's the message this morning is when you pray. When you pray, are you getting in the results that Jesus Christ got when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray? We know the results he got. He got the strength. He got what he needed to go fulfill his purpose. You and I have purpose. We were born with a purpose. We were born with a calling. The purpose is, above and beyond all else, is that we go and we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? He said, go ye. Are we the ye? into all the world, and proclaim, preach the gospel. You say, Pastor, I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. If you are born again, you have a message to bring of what Jesus did for you. The Lord's been dealing with me about putting together a class on how we can share our testimony. I think so oftentimes people, we miss our opportunity To lead others to Christ because we failed perhaps to share our testimony when he has opened the door to do so. You know, people aren't looking for a man dressed in a suit that calls himself a pastor. Sometimes that will run them away. But when they see you and I in our everyday life, they will ask. they, They can be drawn to us because... They don't feel inferior to us. We can connect with them. doesn't matter what your job is. If you're a nurse, I think of of people in uh, Jules is involved in the the hospital as a nurse. It could be another nurse that comes up to her that is just sharing her heart, maybe some circumstance she's going through. Well, she probably wouldn't come to a looking down the halls for a pastor that's doing pastoral duties at the hospital. She probably wouldn't go to the chapel room in the hospital. But when she sees somebody of like precious faith, she can be drawn to them. And God can use you if you're that individual and just share, let me tell you what God did for me in my time of need. That's what we're looking for. But to do that, we need to be filled with the essence and the power of God in our lives so that we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit can direct us to the people, the right people, at the right time, 
and to say the right thing. If we're not careful, we'll jump in and we'll, we'll give them all the answers instead of just sharing what they really need. Sometimes we want to get them saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and baptized all in the same minute. When all they're looking for is, do you have an answer to my problems? So if you have your Bible, let's hold it up. And let's say this with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Do you believe that? Do you believe you can do what this Bible says? It can, you can do. Do you believe you can have what this Bible says you can have? Then what you hold in your hands is the road map to success for your life. Spiritually, physically, and financially. I am so thankful for this word. I am so thankful that men and women of old took time to have a relationship, intimacy with the Most High God that He could speak to them and they could write it down for you and I thousands and thousands of years later and experience the same Jesus Christ that they experienced. The same phenomenal life-giving blood of Jesus that they experienced. They have nothing over you and I. We have the same God. Praise the Lord. You're going to wind up here in a minute and have me preaching before we can even get going here. When the disciples came to Jesus, they asked him a question. They said, would you teach us to pray? Prayer is a powerful thing. And I really want us to be able to grasp a hold today of the importance of prayer. Jesus taught this prayer, and evidently he prayed this prayer, and it was a successful prayer, because when his disciples asked him, can you teach us to pray, he wanted to make sure that they could pray the same power of prayer, get the same results that he got. Believe me, he got results when he talked to his father. He found it important for prayer. Prayer enabled him to be able to say these words. The words I say, I only say them because I heard him say them. How can you hear from somebody unless you spend some time with somebody? He said, the things you see me do, I only do them because I saw my Father, which is in heaven, do them. In other words, he had a spiritual intimacy with the Most High God, his Father, and his Father was showing him and telling him what to do to be successful in his ministry. I have news for you today, ladies and gentlemen. In order to fulfill and complete the purpose of God in our lives, it's important that we experience a prayer life with him. Jesus could not have fulfilled his purpose without a communication with the Father. This particular prayer, titled the Lord's Prayer, it's it's prayed in the Catholic Church on Mass on Sundays. 
This prayer is prayed all over the world. But I wonder if the prayer is just prayed out of routine. I wonder sometimes, you know, being a pastor and, and, and having the opportunity and such a blessing to, to have this opportunity. When people have come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior in the churches that Kelly and I have been involved in as pastoring or minister of music, sometimes different ones, when they first receive Christ, they would say, Pastor, how do I pray? You see, when, you're, when you first have your new experience with Christ, this, this, this Jesus is all new. This word is all new. You say, well, well, I was brought up in church. Grandma took me to church. They may have heard it, but it kind of went in one ear and out the other. I'm here because Grandma wanted me to be here. I'm here because Mom and Dad brought me. <laughs> I was a drug child. I was drugged to church. Against my will many times. And I'm going to tell you, if you were sick, you know what my parents would say? Go ahead and get dressed. Because when we get to church, we're going to get the elders to pray over you. And we're going to believe for a healing. Because you got school tomorrow morning, boy. There was no excuse. Because they believed in the power of prayer. And I believe today that we are losing our our place, we're, we're falling away, we're losing our country, we're losing our family members because of the lack of prayer, the lack of the importance in our life for prayer. Prayer changes things. I love it when David said, and he bends down with his ear and he listens when I pray. You say, well, Pastor Ron, I thought prayer was just something I, it's between me and the Lord. It is, but I want to talk to you this morning about the importance of this particular prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. You see, there was a purpose behind the words of this prayer. If you would jump in there with me, on it's coming out of uh, Matthew. Of course, that prayer is also in Luke, but I, I want to begin with with Matthew chapter 6, looking in verse 9, it says, And in this manner, therefore pray. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. I want to break this down this morning because I want us to be able to, I want us to, be able to have a, a relationship, a one-on-one -on -one with Christ, in order that we might have that same relationship that Jesus had with his Father and still has, through this prayer that he taught his disciples to pray because no doubt he prayed this way. He starts off telling them, he says, our Father. Now let's just pause for there just for a moment. Why would Jesus say to begin this prayer with our Father? Because you see, he knew that a father figure now, I know some of them, people that I've, I've encountered, people that say, well, I didn't have a father. But you do have a father. 
If you are born again, whether you had, didn't have a father or not, in the natural, you have one in the spirit. And listen, I'm going to tell you what, he'll be a father to the fatherless. Even though my natural father has gone on to be with the Lord, I can't go to him today and ask him about things. He was a pastor, and I can't go to him and say, I need some pastoral advice. No, but I can go to my heavenly father because he's always listening. Starts off with our father. I wrote this down. What is a father? One who provides. Mentor. Teacher. And I couldn't leave this out. Disciplinary person. (laughs) Disciplinarian. One who corrects. You see, we don't like that about the father. We want to see all the presence that he has. All the gifts. We want to feel those loving arms. But sometimes those loving arms come with discipline. Do you think that Jesus, being the Son of God, do you think he went through his 33 years of life without having some form of correction? We know his mother and his father raised him, especially as a Jewish family. They had rules and regulations. But what about when he wasn't with the parents? Who guided and directed his life? I want to share a secret with you this morning. Yes, God is a loving God. But a loving God in your prayer time will discipline you. He'll bring correction. But he does it in such a way that it will humble you. You cannot get in the presence of God and him discipline you without feeling humbled. You don't feel animosity toward him. You can't because God is love. And isn't it hard to... to, To be aggravated with somebody when you know they love you. Our father, our teacher, our mentor, our provider, one who disciplines us. Where is this father of ours? In heaven. You see, when we're praying this prayer, the first thing we have to do is recognize in our prayer, Father, I look to you. You are my father. You are my provider. You got to look at him as something more than just a natural figure. You're my father. You're the, you're the ruler of the world. You're the creator of heaven and earth. You hold him in such awe when you start your prayer. See, what that does is when you begin to put him in the category that he belongs... It will bring a spirit of humility. And he says, when you seek me, come, with, come to me with a spirit of humility. And when we start our prayer in the mornings or in the afternoon or at night, whenever it is you pray, you start 
your prayer out acknowledging who he is. And when you do that, it will start your prayer in the right direction. It will start you naturally in the right direction. It will put you in the right lane over here in order to move in to his presence for intimacy. Praise the Lord. Our Father which art in heaven. In heaven? Well, let me just stop right there and bring a point to you. When you receive Jesus into your heart as your personal Savior, you didn't get just Jesus. You got the Father, you got the Son, and you got the Holy Spirit. So if He is living in you, I want to bring this prayer, I want to teach this prayer, but I want you to get an understanding is we want to bring this prayer into an intimacy, a reality. We want to bring it to here, this earth, on earth, in me. If this prayer is, oh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, thank you, Lord. And uh, be with me today. Protect me. You see, we've, we, have, we have missed the power, the glory, the anointing that is on this prayer. And I don't want you to miss that. Praying, you know, I go down the road or I, in my shower, my prayer time can be, <laughs> as your prayer time may well be, just time saying, Father, I, I love you and I thank you and I praise you and I thank you for this day. And that's good. That's good. But for the, and that's a lot of times, that's, that's, a, that's a prayer that people have had that since they've had an experience with, with Christ for a, t- a time of, of a, not, they're just not baby Christians. But see, so many times we, we as, especially as a new Christian, we don't know what to pray. We don't know what to say. We don't, we don't know really who he is other than we bleed with all of our heart that he came into our heart. And I found that this particular passage that Jesus taught his disciples how to pray can be used for people that call themselves old-time Christians. I think sometimes, as Kelly was talking about today in the when she was sharing about Christmas, getting back to the, back to the real meaning. I want to get back to the real meaning of prayer. Because prayer not only changes things around us, but prayer changes us. And in order for this world to be changed, it must happen first within us. And that's what Jesus knew with his disciples He said, I can walk with you and I can demonstrate all of this, but there's going to come a time when I won't be with you in the natural to teach you. But you're going to need to know how to touch base with me, to be intimate with me, because the days ahead ahead of you are going to be filled with trials and temptations. There are going to be things that I'm going to need you to do. Things, listen, I am going to require of you something greater than what you can do when I'm just standing here with you. 
You're relying on me to do these things. But when I'm not there, listen, ladies and gentlemen, he says, but when I'm gone, I'll be in you. And in order to touch base with this anointed one, Jesus Christ, we've got to have a communication. Woe be unto me if I didn't have a relationship in communication with my wife. If I did all the talking and she never said anything, wouldn't be much of a communication there. And I can tell you something, there wouldn't be much of a marriage there. Do you see that, ladies and gentlemen, a commitment to her means that I tell her my heart and she tells me hers. And that's the relationship that Jesus is looking for in our lives today. He wants you to talk to him, but he wants to talk to you. And you can do this through this Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. Well, we say in heaven, if we're not careful, we're going to put that off in a distance somewhere. And when we do, we're going to put him off somewhere in a distance. But when you got born again, ladies and gentlemen, you know what happened? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost came into your life. So where is he? Is he off in heaven somewhere? Or is he in you? Not taking away from this. You've got to remember, Jesus had not died and gone to the cross when he taught this prayer. Think about it for just a moment. But he said this. Our Father which art in heaven. Well, what is heaven? What is the kingdom of heaven? Because we're going to come in just a moment. We're going to see where he says about the kingdom of God coming. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is the ruleship of God. Well, what is the kingdom of God? When we're talking about the kingdom of God... What about the scripture in Romans chapter 14, verse 17? I think he said, the kingdom of God is not drink nor, nor, nor meat. It's not something you eat. It's not a tangible thing. But he says, but the kingdom of God, this that is inside of you, he says, is righteousness, his right way of doing things. Oh, I want you to get this this morning. Quit putting heaven off somewhere when I'm not taking away from the streets of gold. I'm not taking away from that. I'm trying to bring this prayer into a reality in our hearts and in our lives. So you can begin to see the results that Jesus got when he prayed this prayer. And I'm going to tell you something. The disciples got the results too. He said the, the kingdom of God is righteousness. His right way of doing things. It's peace. Think about that for a minute. That's in you. If the kingdom of God is in you, if you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this kingdom is in you. And peace and joy. Come on. When you start praying this prayer, when you start saying, Our Father, I acknowledge you as the God of the gods, the King of all kings, the, the creator of the universe. I set you apart from everything else. If we're not careful, I, got about, I just got to say this. I'm trying not to take these rabbit trails, but oh, my heart is just so full this morning. You know, if I put God in the same category, says, do, do you love the Lord? Oh, yes, I love him. Do you love your house? Oh, yes, I love my house. Do you love your car? Yes, I love my truck, car, whatever. Do you love your children? Oh, I love my children. We're putting him in the same category of these natural things. He has not separated 
God has to be separated from these things of the natural that we enjoy. We got to put him above those things. Praying this prayer, our Father which art in heaven, my Father, not just any Father, the Father, my provider, mm. the creator. And he made me. And when he got through making me, Lance, he said, Woo! I did good. And when he made you, he said, Yes! I did good. Praise the Lord. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh, my goodness. You're not saying that you're, you're, you're trying to make him good. You're acknowledging his goodness. Our Father, which art in heaven, which is now bringing down to you my Father, who lives, moves, and has his being in me. Which art in heaven, which lives inside of me, hallowed be your name. How majestic is your name. How great and glorious is your name. You can spend a few minutes doing that, and I'll tell you, if you got any troubles, you ain't got them no more. You can't have them when you, when you acknowledge his greatness. Because what happens is that greatness begins to build up in you. Because it's in him that you move. You live. You have your very essence. And when you begin to glorify him and share with him and to him how you view him. You got your eyes on him. You ain't got him on your problems. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus had prayed this prayer because he was faced with a lot of stuff. Man, them Sadducees and Pharisees, they were always on his case. Every time he turned around, they, they, they were trying to catch him in a trap. But he was full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Because he spent time praying. He stayed full. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. I like to say it this. Father, your peace, your joy. Because we're talking about his kingdom. Your peace, your joy, your ruleship. Your right way of doing things. And then he says here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Listen. <laughs> when, when you recognize that his kingdom is in you. The kingdom of God. Jesus said to the disciples. He says, Why do you look here and over there. For the kingdom. He says the kingdom of God is within you. You see, when we know, when you, got, when you got this in your knower, as Kelly talked, preached about, what's in your knower? When you know that the kingdom, I'm talking about the kingdom of God, is in you, whew, that'll give you a Holy Ghost dance. Because so often we fail to recognize the power, the awesomeness of his kingdom. We want to put it off over yonder. In the sweet. By and by. When Jesus suffered and died. 
so the kingdom of God could be in you. The power, the glory, the anointing that was on Jesus Christ when he walked this earth is in you. That ought to make you feel like something special. It ought to give you the recognition of the fact that that's why I'm different. The Bible says, be ye separate from the world. You won't have a problem being separate. You won't have a problem laying things down in your life and circumstances and letting them go when you know who you are in Christ. When you know that He lives and moves, has his very being in you, what happens? You take on a different nature. Now, when you go somewhere, you're representing who Jesus is. And you don't even have to open your mouth. The glory, the anointing, and the presence of God is obvious. It's obvious. I don't say this to pat myself on the back because I know this has probably happened to you. But you've been somewhere and somebody would come up to you and say, you know, I'm sure you go to church. You're a Christian, aren't you? And then they want to share a circumstance that's going on in their life. They will, listen, you can be in the grocery store, you can be... In a hardware store, you can be anywhere. People are looking for the answer. And you don't have to run your mouth saying, I go over here and I, yes, I'm a Christian. And you don't have to, you don't have to go in with your Bible tucked under your arm. When you recognize and pray this prayer and allow the power of it to engulf your life, you will walk wherever you go, just like Jesus did. They said, he talks with authority. And we've never seen no one do what this man does. They should be saying that about us. Because Jesus says, pattern your life after me. Pattern your life after me. I'm really trying to get through with this for you this morning. I, I really don't want to keep you long. Your will be done. His will will be done when you acknowledge his kingdom in you. I wonder, this is the next part. This is good. On earth. His will can only be done on earth when it first is accomplished in your earth. You see, there's no way you and I in the natural can win others to Christ. When our lives don't represent or reflect Christ. Everywhere, people, everywhere Jesus went, people flocked to him. You know why? They said he spoke with such authority. They wanted to hear what he had to say. Why did he, how was he able to speak with authority? He had intimacy. He said, I only say the things I hear the Father say. Are we saying what the Father says to us, or are we saying what we think it should be? 
Communication is so important. Your will be done on earth as it is. Where? In heaven. Where's the kingdom of heaven at? The authority, the rulership of Christ. It's in us. I'm not taken away from, your, from, from our heaven. But Jesus died on the cross, suffered, bled, went through agony to bring this kingdom in you. So that you could have the power and the anointing and the glory to be demonstrated and lived out on earth in flesh and blood. Just like he did. Praise the Lord. Don't need them anyway. I'm believing for healed eyes. Give us this day our daily bread. I heard Bishop Beryl say, daily bread. Give us this day. In the, in the Greek, it refers to as a supernatural bread. He's not talking about something you eat of the natural. You see, as long as we pray this prayer and we're just looking at it in the natural realm, we're going to miss what he has for us, for you and I. Give us this day our daily bread. The bread in the Bible is always referred to, he said, I am the bread of life. What he was saying is, my word, I am the word. In the beginning was the word. He said, I want, you to, I want you to partake of some daily word, daily bread. I want it to be fresh. You know, I'm convinced with all of my heart that if I get in my word, and I do every week, I'm in this word, seeking from, from God a divine revelation, something that I know that triggers my spirit. And he says, that's it, boy. Preach that. So I've got to have a fresh word, a fresh anointing, a rhema word, something. You and I don't need to just be picking this up and just reading it and say, well, I got my five minutes in. Praise God. No, we need to get in and don't stop until you get a fresh word. Daily fresh word. Man, we're, we're doing without so many things because... Our prayer life is in stagnation mode. Oh, we spend, you say, well, Pastor, I spend an hour praying. How effective is it? How effective is it? If you read over in the, before you get into the sixth chapter, he talks about don't just pray a bunch of stuff. Just be saying a bunch of words. Just to repeat yourself. You know what Jesus told me? He said, listen, boys, you don't have to, you don't have to say a lot of words. You know what Jesus said? He'd just say, healed. And that was it. Because he was in communion with his father. The anointing was on him. Are you following me this morning? Because he had prayer time with the father. He had communion with him. Oh, give me this daily bread. Where are you going to get your daily bread? 
Right there. This is the most important book you'll ever purchase. The best. I'm almost through. And forgive us our sins. I am so thankful for the grace of Jesus Christ. You know, when you get to that part, once you've, when you've been, when you started off with this prayer, time you get to that part, there's so much humility. There's so much love beaming from you. You say, Father, forgive me. You're, listen, when you ask him to forgive you with a heart of humility, he cannot say no. <laughs> Thank God. He just says, boy, you forgive it. You rough as a cob today, but you forgive it. You been honry, but you forgive it. I sure would have ah, wished you hadn't done some of the things, even thought some of the things you did, said some things you said, but you know what? You're forgiven. Now, it'd be something else for me if you was to offend me to forgive you. But here he says, listen. He says, when you pray, this is what he says. And forgive us our sins. Now, if you go to sinning against me, I'm going to have a hard time just keep saying I'm sorry or you're forgiven. And you're going to have a hard time if I keep doing it all the time. You're going to have a hard time keep saying to me, you're forgiven. But God just says you're forgiven. Thank God. You are forgiven. I want you to just look at somebody this morning and just tell them, say, I've been forgiven. You see, when you get into this prayer, this part of the prayer, when you know that you have nothing held against you, you are free indeed. (laughs) Woo! There ain't nothing like being free. Yeah! Some of us need to get free. I remember one time when I was pastoring a church, we had an evangelist to come and he he started ministering and he came back over to the house where we were staying and he said, listen, he said, there's some folks in here, they're all bound up. And I said, well, good. You're the evangelist, you have at it. Boy, he dropped to his knees in the sanctuary that evening. You remember that, Kelly? He dropped to his knees at that altar. He began to pray. <laughs> he was praying for the people to be released. How many times Jesus prays that prayer for us? And then to think that he says he's making intercessory prayer right now for me and for you. But that evangelist came in and he hit his knees on that altar and he prayed. And all of a sudden, the spirit of laughter fell on our church. I'd only seen it one other time, but it got to it got to fall on people, people laughing, and all of a sudden, one old gal, who I think was born with a scroll on her face, she came, and you remember that, Kelly? She came and started laughing. Oh, she was Miss Dignitary. She always looked sharp. Nothing wrong with looking sharp. I like to look sharp. My wife makes me look sharp. Thank God for a wife. 
But she, she sat there. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever seen her smile, much less giggle. <laughs> the next thing I know, she is laid out in that seat, <laughs> laughing like a little kid. Prayer broke what needed to be broken in our church that night. There was bondage there. I didn't know what to do with it. I'd prayed, Kelly and I'd prayed. But God sent a man of God. Full of the anointing. Yeah, he just like you and I, he had situations and things in his life. But he let God use him in his gift. And when he began to pray, the anointing began to flow. And just what we needed was answered. Spirit of laughter. Our church wasn't the same after that. And people come up to us, I hear you all the laughing church. Yeah, come get a dose of it. I wanted to say to some, it'd do you good. <laughs> Forgive us our debts, our sins, as we Forgive those who have sinned against us. That's the tough part, isn't it? But you know what? It's not really a challenge now when you have come through this prayer. You are in the, you are like, you have been beamed up by Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty. You are beamed up into a new dimension that's where Jesus was, and that's what enabled him to go to the cross because he had been beamed up through prayer to fulfill the purpose. I'm going to try to close this morning, but I want you to know this morning. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's more to that, but listen. If you just apply what I've shared with you this morning, don't just get in there and just read it. <clears throat> read over it. Apply these principles to the Lord's Prayer. If it worked for Jesus, it'll work for us. Amen. It worked for the disciples. It's a prayer that's so simple. I hope from now on you'll never just pray the prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I hope you'll be reminded that, oh, he's my father, all right. <laughs> oh, are you my father? I have no need because you're my father. Father, you take care of me. And you live in me. I'm not putting you off somewhere. You're right here. Your kingdom is in me. I want your will to be done in my life. Because I'm intimate with you. Intimacy with God is what God is after. He's not after and he's not really interested in the natural things in your life because he knows that all of those things will be met. They'll be met. How much time do we focus on trying to get, get, get all of these things that we feel are important when he said, if my people, which are called by my name, I love this, will humble themselves. And you, it's it, when you become humble before him, it's not a challenge to have to turn from your wicked ways. You don't want to do anything that doesn't please him. Well, humble themselves and just talk about it. 
Talk about the circumstance? No. He said, and pray. What will happen? Then, then I will hear from heaven. And I will hear. And not only does it do it, he says, but I'll meet the need. Ron's translation. I will bring in everything you need. I will bring, I will fulfill the desires. Whistling translation, I will fulfill the desires of your heart. Well, because he said in Psalms 34, he said, if you delight yourself with me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. I'm going to tell you something. When you pray this prayer, the Lord's prayer, and you mean it from the heart, and you recognize who he is and where he is, you'll begin to see some of the desires come to fruition. I know because it has happened for me as well. I want to close today with this saying, with this thought. I mentioned it a little bit a while ago. <clears throat> My relationship in the natural with my wife has to be a, a communication. There has to be, I don't do all the talking and she just listens. She does all the talking and I just listen. We have to correspond together. I'm not always going to see everything the way she sees it. She's not going to see everything the way I see it. That's why God said, come, come, let us reason together. You see, this relationship is not a difficult thing. I enjoy going to Kelly and saying, here's, here's, here's some food for thought, or here's some things that I want to talk about. I know I can do that because I know she's going to listen And if I was afraid to share these things, then my relationship is in trouble. If you're afraid to go to the Father and talk to Him, reason with Him, then there's, there's a gap in the relationship. That's why this prayer closes the gap. And if we're going to communicate with Him, we've got to keep the gap closed. And there's no better way to do it than through the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> you see, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you can't have this relationship. So I encourage you today, if you're here in this church, in this house, or if you're online and you're watching, and you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about, who bled and died for your sins... So that you can be free. The freedom that I was talking about. That when you know your sins are forgiven. It gives you freedom. It doesn't matter what other people look. Or think about you. You can say well. You can hold it against me if you want. But he forgave me. This, this God on the inside. This Jesus. This Holy Spirit. I'm forgiven. And I'm free to live at peace. Because the kingdom of God is peace, joy, and righteousness. If you're living today 
and you're watching online or you're in the sanctuary and you don't have that peace or the joy and don't feel that you're in right standing with him, you can be. Because just as he has forgiven me and many others, his arms are wide open and he's saying, come to me, all ye who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. I'll give you my peace. I'll give you my joy. It's just up to you. You see, I can't make that choice for you. But you can. You watching on social media, you can make that choice. I want you to make that choice right now. I want you to receive him as your personal Savior. If there's a tugging in your heart, you're saying, I want this Jesus. Then I want you to get him. I want you to have him. Because, oh, what a difference he has made in my life. What joy, what peace, what freedom. I can stand. You know what happened when I got born again? And I didn't just happen overnight, but little, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept to precept. You know what happened? I'm able to stand before you today and just be me. You see, Donnie, I can't be you and you can't be me. I can't be Kelly. I just can't. She can't be me. And as great a guy as Phil is, I can't be Phil. And I know he don't want to be like me. (laughs) But folks, when you receive Jesus Christ and you allow him that time of intimacy, he'll cause you to come to the place where you quit trying to please everybody. You just want to please him. And when you please him, it is well. You got, you quit trying to, does this look good on me? How's my hair? If you'd see me during the week, I'm in nasty old jeans, a flannel shirt, and sometimes an old nasty ball cap. And if you'd have seen me probably Thursday, you'd have seen me with paint all over me for the first time. I just am what I am. But I can be that and be happy. I'm happy with a brush in my hand. And I'm happy with a Bible in my hand. I'm happy when I'm playing the piano. And I'm happy when I'm preaching. I'm happy when I'm eating steak. And I'm happy. I'm happy when I... (laughs) Because you ain't going to take my joy. (laughs) I've come too far for you to rob me of my joy. (laughs) Woo! Going to preach myself happy. You say, does that what happened when you got Jesus? Yes, 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 yes. And I'm glad. Because before, when I'd, I'd probably stand back here and have to put my back to you and say, this is what the Lord says. But he took it away. Because he had a purpose in my life. And in order to fulfill that purpose, he had to get in there and clean out some things. And he had to fill me with joy and happiness. (laughs) And when he did, he did a work on me. I'm going to tell you something. I was a motor that was all messed up. But he rode me in to the kingdom garage. He poured out a toolbox 
that had all kinds of tools. And in my prayer time, he'd work on me. He'd say, boy, this week you need your plugs changed. You're not hitting on all cylinders. I'm trying to close. Sometimes he'd say, your muffler's a little loud. You're running your mouth a little too much. We need to put you a pipe on there that'll kind of quiet you down a little bit. Yeah. Will you let him roll you into his heavenly garage this morning? Best way to do that is just pray this prayer with me this morning. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know you're the Son of God. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. <laughs> Cleanse me with your blood. And I receive it. I know now I'm born again. And I thank you for it. And I'm willing. And I'm ready to get in your word and have intimacy time with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, you born again. You got him living right now inside. And number two, if you did and you're watching on social media, we want to send you a package to help you on your journey with Christ. You need some help. I know. I need help every day, and I've been on this journey for 40-some years. I still need help. I still need a preacher to preach to me. Glory to God. So contact Pastor Church, Alex City. We want to hear from you. We want to get some stuff in, into your hands. We want to get a package in your hands. And if you're here today, and you say, Pastor, I, I, I really felt like I, I was born again, but this morning somehow... I, I questioned my relationship, but I prayed that prayer. I know now. I know now that I'm born again. You should feel born again because when he comes into your heart and your life, something changes. He is awesome. Well, praise the Lord. And don't forget, we have prayer workers, altar workers. They're going to pray for you. Don't leave here today if you have a need. I just talked about the one who meets the need. He ain't off over yonder on a fishing trip. He's here. He's in here. That same Jesus, he's here. He's in my hands. He's in your hands. When our prayer altar workers come up here and you have asked for prayer, that same Jesus, he's in their hands. He speaks through them. Just like I speak through you. And I know that when I speak, there's that anointing. You say, how do you know? I feel it. I recognize it because I've had intimacy with him. <laughs> I know when he's in there and when he's doing his thing and when it's just wrong. And I want you to know, I know the difference. And feel I don't want to do my thing. I want to do his thing. Because there's joy in doing his thing, his way. Happiness follows through. Hallelujah. And don't go nowhere today if you ain't, if you if you're sick, if you need your body, needs needs some help today, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. God. He's ready to meet your need. 
Oh, how do I know? He's done it for me. He's doing it for me. And he ain't stopped. Glory to God. Oh, stand to your feet and let me just pray a blessing over you. <laughs> you say, Pastor, why do you do that? Because I want you to be blessed. And I believe that the one who called me has commissioned me to be a blessing. I'm going to say that again. The one who called me commissioned me to be a blessing. Spiritually, physically, financially, in every way. That's why he blesses me. Spiritually, physically, financially, in every way. And Father, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. So, Father, today, with the power invested in me, through intimacy with you, as your son, a forgiven son, (laughs) I bless these, your people. Now, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and may the love of our God, (laughs) and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us and go with you all throughout this week. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the congregation said, Amen. Amen. Go in peace. You're dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.